days where we left off this morning, and I got me some help. Uh, I, I knew this, but I'd forgotten it. We have a chemistry uh, major among us that's just graduated with a degree and a whole bunch of words that I can't even pronounce. And he come up to me after church. He said, Brother Joe, I about had a spell. Now, if you in a minute, when you see who I'm talking about, for him to have a spell, it had to be good. And uh, that, and he was telling me about some chemistry stuff. And he's got that narrowed down to one phrase in a minute. And I want him to give it to you like he gave it to me. I was shouting over here in this corner. And I shouted back over there in that corner. And I shouted about all the way to eat my lunch. It got a hold of me. Just how amazing the Word of God is. And often people say, well, how do you get them nuggets? Now, let me give you Bible students a little, little help here. The greatest way to get nuggets is study the meaning of words. Dr. Shotler taught us that words are vehicles. They transport thoughts from one mind and one heart to another. And if words are vehicles, ride them, use them. Study the meaning of those words. And we've been preaching from Revelation chapter number one on what John saw. And he saw the glorious name of Christ. I'm still hung up from last week. Jesus Christ, faithful witness, first begotten of the dead, prince of the kings of the earth. Then began preaching this morning that he saw not only the glorious name of Christ, but he saw the glorious work of Christ. He not only reveals unto us who Christ is, amen, but what Christ has done. And remember this morning, verse 5 into verse 6 is a doxology. It is a praise. He begins by saying, unto him, unto him. I think if I count it right, there are seven of those in the epistles. Counting the writings of John and Paul and Simon Peter, there are seven of them in the New Testament. Unto him, unto him, unto him who is able to keep us from falling. Unto him be glory in the church. Looking unto him, and I'm telling you, those praises are in the Bible. And as he begins, unto him, and then he finishes, be power, glory forever and ever, amen. But in between the beginning and the end of the praise, he tells us why the purpose of his praise and there are three us's in verse number 5 and verse 6. And I believe the sister verse in the Old Testament, as I said this morning, Psalm 123, verse 6, The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we're glad. Remember verse number 5 starts out, Unto him, number one, that loved us. And let me go ahead and give you this little outline right here that you can study on your own, and we'll go back and look at it later. But unto him that loved us, beside of that right down, he's the compassionate Christ. And we'll not go through all of that again, but aren't you glad he loved us because he's the compassionate Christ. Unto him that loved us, and then here's where we had our blowout today. Unto him that loved us and washed us. Lutros, loosed us, freed us from our sins. And I love this phrase. Now look at your preacher. Any version that leaves out this phrase has missed it. 
unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That little phrase, own blood, is mentioned three times in the Bible. By his own blood, he obtained eternal redemption. He has washed us from our sins in his own blood. Feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. His own blood is perpetuating blood. It's pure blood. It's powerful blood. And let me add, it is permanent blood. Like I said, what kind of music you got and what kind of color shirt you wear and whether you got hair on your face, hair on your chin, or hair in your ears, I'm not going to argue with you about that. But I will argue to you till the cows come home on the virgin birth of Christ, the bodily resurrection of Christ, and the precious blood washed us from our sins in his own blood. Right down the side of that, he's the cleansing Christ. He's not only the compassionate Christ, he is the cleansing Christ. And then later on, we're going to get to that third installment and hath made us. Look in verse number 6 and 7. He hath made us. I'm glad that one that loved us, the compassionate Christ, the one that washed us, the cleansing Christ, is the one that hath made us. And beside of that right down, the converting Christ. You know why the Bible says and. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. The word creature means a, a creation. Now, when you create something, by the way, there's only one creator. I heard all my life that Grandma baked them biscuits from scratch, but somebody made the scratch. Well, Grandma bakes them pies and cakes from scratch. Somebody you know, made the scratch. Now, you young people have no idea of the terms I'm about to use, but there's a thing called flour. It's white anthrax-looking stuff. And uh, lard, butter, eggs, and milk. And there are people that really have enough ability to pull all of that in a bowl and stir it up with a spatula. And then take their hand and gum around down there in it and put it in the oven and make something to eat out of it. Now, I, I want to tell you, I praise God for Betty Crocker and Sarah Lee and all those wonderful ladies that made it and sold it to Walmart and they froze it so we could nuke it and eat it and don't say a word about it. But Grandma, nobody else makes nothing from scratch. Somebody started to scratch. My mama got something in the mail one day and found out what it was. Somebody in our community was wanting everybody in the community to make some bread. Set my mama a starter thing. And she was supposed to grow it a while and somebody else grow it a while. I'll be honest with you. Anything took 12 families to grow. I don't even want to smell it, much less taste it. Can I get a witness in the church house? One of them houses that stopped that may be nasty. But ladies and gentlemen, God didn't even have scratch. He stepped out upon nothing. He created a son because there was none. 
He created the moon because there was none. He created trees, beasts of the field, fight of the air, fish of the sea because there were none. He made some men, women, kids because there were none. God brought it out of nothing into everything. Think about this. The Bible said when you get saved, you are a new creature. Just as there were no sun, no moon, no earth, no trees, no stars, no nothing. God brought into existence. We were nothing. And God brought us out of nothing and put us in the middle of everything. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize if you're saved, you can say, now I have everything. And I'm glad he is the compassionate Christ. He is the cleansing Christ. He's the converting Christ. But quickly tonight, let's look at that little nugget, the last part of that verse number five. Washed us, and I love this, from our sins. Now, I want you to do a little Bible study with me, and I'll have my brother here testify. God may call somebody else to preach here tonight before it's over with. Turn to the Old Testament, to the book of Micah, chapter number 7, and verse 19. Earl, that's the place in your Bible where all your pages are still stuck together. Micah, chapter number 7, and verse number 19. We're going to let these young preachers get in on this tonight. Brother Shane, you're not that young, but you come read the first one. Micah chapter number 7 and verse 19. Get a mic over there. Give him the blue mic and uh, read Micah chapter number 7 and verse 19. Then Joe Moats, you get ready for Job 14, 17, and then we'll go from there. All right, Micah chapter 7 and verse 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. I emphasize that little phrase. He will cast our sins, said with him now, in the depths of the sea. All right. If God, through Christ, washed us from our sins, you ready? Where did our sins go? Well, Micah 7, verse 19, that's a pretty good place. In the depths of the sea. I read the other day where there are some people that wanted to go down and see the Titanic. And they got on a submarine and went down to see the Titanic. I don't want to see it that bad. Now, if they ever lift it up, I'll take a peek at it. But I ain't going down there. But that submarine exploded and those men died down there. I think it said the article I read was 12,000 feet deep. That's a long way down. And they say that that's not even the deepest part. They said man really doesn't know how deep the sea is. And so there it says that God, when he took away our sins, put them in the, I'm going somewhere, in the depth of the sea. How many will agree with this? That's a long way from Jonesburg, Georgia. Now turn to Job, chapter number 14. We're going to give Brother Joseph a shot at this. 
Job chapter 14 and verse number 17. Job chapter 14, verse 17. Read this one, Brother Joe. My transgression is sealed up in a bag, and thou sowest up my iniquity. Now emphasize that part. My sin, my transgression is what? Sealed up in a bag. And what is the rest of that? And thou sowest up my iniquity. In other words, God put our sins in a bag and sewed it up so you and I can't get to them. Now that's pretty good, ain't it? I mean, depths of the sea. Now the Bible said that God put them in a bag and sewed them up. And I'm glad I can't get in there to them, the devil can't get in there to them, and your critics can't get in there to them. I'm glad God has sealed them up in a bag. I, not only is the depths of the sea pretty far from here, but that sealed up in a bag, that's real good, isn't it? Now, turn to Isaiah 38 and verse number 17. Shame, we're going to let you do this one again. Isaiah 38 and verse 17. I want you to follow me in your Bible because I'll learn how to turn to these places. And don't flip through your phone. Turn your pages. Isaiah 38 and verse 17. Listen to this now. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul, delivered it from all the pit of corruption, for thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Well, glory goes right there. Now, I'm telling you, that depth of the sea makes me shout. That sealed up in the bag makes me shout. But now it says that God cast them behind his back. I'm glad God's not looking at my sins. He's not looking at my past. I want to tell you something. You may never get over your past and some of your friends and family may never let you get over your past. But God ain't looking at it. It's in the bag. It's in the depths of the sea. It's behind God's back. All right, Joe, I'm going to let you have a trench of this, Brother Moats. Turn to Psalm 103 and verse 12. I'm going somewhere. Psalm 103 and verse 12. Read that one, Brother Joseph Moats. Psalm 103 and verse number 12. Read it slow now. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Wow. As far as the east is from the west. How many would agree that's a long way from Jonesboro, Georgia? Far as the east is from the west. In the depths of the sea. Sealed up in a bag and cast behind God's back. How many will agree with me? Praise God, that's good. When God removed and washed us from our sins, what did he do with them? Well, the depths of the sea. Behind his back, in a bag. 
separated as far as the east is from the west. Now, let me ask you this question. What do all four, glory, what do all four of these verses, just think about it real slow, what do all four of these verses have in common? Other than the fact it talks about our sins and other than the fact it talks about where God has put our sins. What is one thing all four of these verses have in common? Can anybody tell me? All right, let me give you a clue. The price is right. Come on down. Where are all of these verses located? That's the word. Every one of these verses, as wonderful and good as they are, are all recorded in the Old Testament. Wow. In the depths of the sea. You think that's good? It's Old Testament. Behind God's back. Is that good? It's Old Testament. Far as the east is from the west, you believe that's good? Old Testament. Sealed up in a bag, is that good? Old Testament. And by the way, I ain't knocking it. Because behind God's back, east from the west, depths of the sea, in a bag, that's better than around your heart and around your neck, dragging you like a ball and chain to hell. But still, that is Old Testament. Remember, in the Old Testament, the lamb would shed its blood. The high priest would put it on the altar as a covering, as a pitch, as an atonement. And it would last for one year. And the very next year, they had to go through the same thing again. Remember, in the Old Testament... Mm. Of all of the tabernacle furnishings, the altar, the laver, the, the lamp stand, the table of bread, the Ark of the Covenant. Did you know there's one article of furniture that you'll never find in the Old Testament tabernacle? And that's a chair. Because the high priest could not sit down. Because he had to walk continually. In fact, that was a rope tied to his leg. And bells were sewn to the apron. And as he walks around the mercy seat sprinkling the blood, the bells is a ringing. But if them bells quit ringing, he's got sin in his own life and God's killed him. Well, how are we going to get his carcass out of there without God killing us? That's why that rope was around his leg to drag him out. Hmm. Because even though they're in the bag, now listen, even though they're in the bag, guess what? They're still there. They're in the bag. Even though they're in the depths of the sea, guess what? They're still there in the depths of the sea. Even though they have been removed from east from the west. Guess what? They're still out there somewhere. And even behind God's back. 
they're still there. Because in the Old Testament, nothing was finished. It was all types and foreshadows pointing to a new and everlasting covenant. Well, glory. So, hallelujah. So, Old Testament, I'm knocking it now. I'm praising the Lord. That they are in the depths of the sea. They are behind his back. They are east from the west. They are in a bag. But when you come to the New Testament, after the virgin birth, after Calvary, after the shedding of blood, after the bodily resurrection, After that great ascension, after the great high priest, the mediator of the everlasting covenant, stormed the holy of holies and put his blood on the mercy seat. You know what the language is now? It's better than the depths of the sea. It's better than being in a bag. It's better than behind his back. It's better far as east is from the west. You say, Reverend Arthur, what could be better than being in the bag? Gone. What could be better than the depths of the sea? Gone. What could be better than being in the bag? Gone. What could be better than behind God's back? Gone. In the New Testament, they're not even in the depths of the sea. They're not even in the bag. They're not even east from the west. They're not even behind God's back. Where are they? They don't even exist. Atone means to cover. If I cover that mic up under the cover, the mic is still there. Oh, that's why he said in the Old Testament, Oh, good, I'm mercy. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. You're not enjoying God tonight because Jesus Covered up your wrongdoings. You don't have a song to sing and a smile on your face and a shout in your soul because Jesus covered up your mistakes and failures. He didn't cover it up. He washed it away. He removed it. Gone. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to two places. We're going to just hit them and we're going to get out of here. Turn to John one twenty nine. Then hold your finger right there and turn to Colossians chapter 2. Now, come here, Brother Daniel. This is my helper tonight. This is a fine young man named Daniel Roy who has a good grandfather, a wonderful brother, and a wonderful sister, 
and a wonderful mother. Come on, Brother Daniel. (laughs) And a good dad. Daniel, you just graduated, and what was your degree? And I can't even pronounce these words. Natural science with a concentration in chemistry. Okay, good. He come up to me today and said, Brother Joe, I almost had a spell. Now, Daniel, do me a favor. Don't fight that off no more. The next time you think you're going to have a spell, just cut a lap. And after 15 people in your family pass out, then you can just run another lap. But I just want you to share with them that little brief phraseology that you gave to me when he said, I got to that part about the detergent loosening the stain. And I use this term, that was a chemical reaction. And uh, he's going to tell you what that reaction was. And you're going to be like me. You ain't going to get it at first. But I'm going to interpret it. So, Brother Joe, I actually found out there are two different types of reactions. And I found out that shout it out uses an enzyme. And in this case, you have an enzyme which bonds to the stain, but for lack of better terms, I'm going to call it a sacrificial enzyme because once that enzyme attached, it cannot be detached from that particle. And it, it removes the stain permanently from the fabric and it's gone forever. And you can't remove it. Now, the other way, which is the way that me and you were talking about before, was that the detergent will come in and then give it something to satisfy the stain, to remove it, to fill what we call in chemistry an octet rule. And then it gets rid of that stain, kicks it out, and it replaces it in the fabric. Now say that real slow one more time. (laughs) It replaces. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It replaces the stain in the fabric. So the stain and the detergent swap places. Yes, sir. Son, this ain't spiritual, but I got to say it. I'm going to tell you what ain't be said to Andy. Your education was worth every dime. Hallelujah. Give him a hand. Now, I think in Georgia slash Virginia slash redneck, ah, just southern language, what he was saying is that detergent got a hold of the stain and kicked it out and they swapped places and now it is gone. Here's my emphasis, and we're done. Thank God for that shouted out. But I guarantee you there's some stains it can't remove. I bet there's something out there that'll meet its match. What's some of the other ones you ladies use besides shouted out? Who? Oxyclean. That sounds like something you should never drink. Give me another one, girls. Huh? Spray and wash. That sounds a little weak. That must be a Methodist version of that. Whisk. Awesome. Yes.
purple stuff. Well, Daniel just told you how that happened. <laughs> them enzymes and them protons and them neutrons just had a big old explosion in there. Judy, I want you to get mad now. I ain't knocking your purple stuff. I hadn't heard of that one yet. But your purple stuff and your oxyclean and your whiskers or your whisk or whatever that is, I'm sure one day it's going to meet its match. Because we had a stain in us that was so bad, it would conceal our consignment to hell. But I'm glad 2,000 years ago, at a hill called Calvary, it wasn't the purple stuff, it was the red stuff. The blood of Jesus Christ, the immaculate, perfect blood of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Washed it all away. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You ready? John 1, 29. And behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That had never happened to John 1, 29. <laughs> Woo! It had been in a bag, it had been behind his back, it had been in the depths of the sea, it had been in a uh, east as west, but this is the first time they had ever heard, he can take it away. Aren't you glad it's been taken away? And we're going to go on this one, Colossians chapter number 2. Look in verse 14. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way. Uh-oh. Nailing it to his cross. You ask me why I'm happy. I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. Praise God, aren't you glad for the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus? I want us to come back and Brother Jerry, find that song. I'll help you with it. All you pickers, get on up here. Let's do Jesus paid it all. And we're going to sing a couple of verses of this little chorus. And while we sing these verses in this course, I just want you to try to comprehend what Daniel said. Lord, have mercy, son. When the blood of Jesus Christ replaced and removed and swapped places and became your substitute. That thrilled me beyond measure. The water in the baptistry can't do that, but I'm glad the blood of Jesus can. Let's stand together and sing this. What page we got?